Letter eight of the Borough by George Crabbe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter eight. Trades. Non possidentem multa vocaveris recta beatum rexius occupat nomen beate qui deorum muneribus sapienter uti darumque calet paperium pati horace ode nine non propter vitam faciunt patrimonia quidam sed vitio caexi propter patrimonia vivunt juvenal satire twelve non uxor salvum te vult non filius omnes vicini oderunt noti puri atque puellae miraris cum tu agentu post omnia ponas si nemo prestet cem non marieris amorem horace satires no extensive manufactories in the borough yet considerable fortunes made there ill-judgment of parents in disposing of their sons the best educated not the most likely to succeed instance want of success compensated by the lenient power of some avocations the naturalist the weaver an entomologist and so forth a prize-flower story of walter and william of manufactures trade inventions rare steam-towers and looms you'd know our borough's share tis small we boast not these rich subjects here who hazard thrice ten thousand pounds a year we've no huge buildings where incessant noise is made by springs and spindles girls and boys where mid such thundering sounds the maiden's song is harmony and uproar all day long still common minds with us in common trade have gained more wealth than ever student made and yet a merchant when he gives his son his college learning thinks his duty done a way to wealth he leaves his boy to find just when he's made for the discovery blind jones and his wife perceived their elder boy took to his learning and it gave them joy this they encouraged and were blessed to see their son a fellow with a high degree a living fell he married and his sire declared twas all a father could require children then blessed them and when letters came the parents proudly told each grandchild's name meantime the sons at home in trade were placed money was their object just the father's taste saving he lived and long and when he died he gave them all his fortune to divide martin said he at vast expense was taught he gained his wish and has the ease he sought thus the good priest the christian scholar finds what estimate is made by vulgar minds he sees his brothers who had every gift of thriving now assisted in their thrift while he whom learning habits all prevent is largely mulched for each impediment yet let us own that trade has much of chance not all the careful by their care advance with the same parts and prospects one a seat builds for himself one finds it in the fleet then to the wealthy you will see denied comforts and joys that with the poor abide there are who labour through the year and yet no more have gained than uh, not to be in debt 
who still maintain the same laborious course yet pleasure hails them from some favourite source and health amusements children wife or friend with life's dull views their consolations blend nor these alone possess the lenient power of soothing life in the desponding hour some favourite studies some delightful care the mind with trouble and distresses share and by a coin a flower a verse a boat the stagnant spirits have been set afloat they pleased at first and then the habit grew till the fond heart no higher pleasure knew till from all cares and other comforts freed the important nothing took in life the lead with all his phlegm it broke a dutchman's heart at a vast price with one loved root to part and toys like these fill many a british mind although their hearts are found of firmer kind oft have i smiled the happy pride to see of humble tradesmen in their evening glee when of some pleasing fancied good possessed each grew alert was busy and was blessed whether the call-bird yield the hour's delight or magnified in microscope the mite or whether tumblers croppiers carriers seize the gentle mind they rule it and they please there is my friend the weaver strong desires reign in his breast tis beauty he admires see to the shady grove he wings his way and feels in hope the raptures of the day eager he looks and soon to glad his eyes from the sweet bower by nature formed arise bright troops of virgin moths and fresh-born butterflies who broke that morning from their half-year's sleep to fly o'er flowers where they were wont to creep above the sovereign oak a sovereign skims the purple emperor strong in wing and limbs there fair camilla takes her flight serene adonis blue and paphia silver queen with every filmy fly from mead or bower and hungry sphinx who threads the honeyed flower she o'er the larkspur's bed where sweets abound views every bell and hums the approving sound poised on her busy plumes with feeling nice she draws from every flower nor tries a floweret twice he fears no bailiff's wrath no baron's blame his is untaxed and undisputed game nor less the place of curious plant he knows he both his flora and his fauna shows for him is blooming in its rich array the glorious flower which bore the palm away in vain a rival tried his utmost art his was the prize and joy o'erflowed his heart this this is beauty cast i pray your eyes on this my glory see the grace the size was ever stem so tall so stout so strong exact in breadth in just proportion long these brilliant hues are all distinct and clean no kindred tint no blending streaks between this is no shaded run-off pin-eyed thing a king of flowers a flower for england's king i own my pride and thank the favouring star which shed such beauty on my fair bazaar thus may the poor the cheap indulgence seize while the most wealthy pine and pray for ease content not always waits upon success 
and more may he enjoy who profits less walter and william took their father dead jointly the trade to which they both were bred when fixed they married and they quickly found with due success their honest labours crowned few were their losses but although a few walter was vexed and somewhat peevish grew you put your trust in every pleading fool said he to william and grew strange and cool brother forbear he answered take your due nor let my lack of caution injure you half friends they parted better so to close than longer wait to part entirely foes walter had knowledge prudence jealous care he let no idle views his bosom share he never thought nor felt for other men let one mind one and all are minded then friends he respected and believed them just but they were men and he would no man trust he tried and watched his people day and night the good it harmed not for the bad twas right he could their humours bear nay disrespect but he could yield no pardon to neglect that all about him were of him afraid was right he said so should we be obeyed these merchant maxims much good fortune too and ever keeping one grand point in view to vast amount his once small portion drew william was kind and easy he complied with all requests or grieved when he denied to please his wife he made a costly trip to please his child he let a bargain slip prone to compassion mild with the distressed he bore with all who poverty professed and some would he assist nor one would he arrest he had some loss at sea bad debts at land his clerk absconded with some bills in hand and plans so often failed that he no longer planned to a small house his brothers he withdrew at easy rent the man was not a jew and there his losses and his cares he bore nor found that want of wealth could make him poor no he in fact was rich nor could he move but he was followed by the looks of love all he had suffered every former grief made those around more studious in relief he saw a cheerful smile in every face and lost all thoughts of error and disgrace pleasant it was to see them in their walk round their small garden and to hear them talk free are their children but their love refrains from all offence none murmurs none complains whether a book amused them speech or play their looks were lively and their hearts were gay there no forced efforts for delight were made joy came with prudence and without parade their common comforts they had all in view light were their troubles and their wishes few thrift made them easy for the coming day religion took the dread of death away a cheerful spirit still ensured content and love smiled round them wheresoe'er they went walter meantime with all his wealth's increase gained many points but could not purchase peace when he withdrew from business for an hour some fled his presence all confessed his power he sought affection but received instead fear undisguised and love repelling dread 
he looked around him harriet dost thou love i do my duty said the timid dove good heaven your duty prithee tell me now to love and honour was not that your vow come my good harriet i would gladly seek your inmost thought why can't the woman speak have you not all things sir do i complain no that's my part which i perform in vain i want a simple answer and direct but you evade yes tis as i suspect come then my children wait upon your knees vow that you love me well, yes sir if you please again by heaven it mads me i require love and they'll do whatever i desire thus too my people shun me i would spend a thousand pounds to get a single friend i would be happy i have means to pay for love and friendship and you run away ungrateful creatures why you seem to dread my very looks i know you wish me dead come hither nancy you must hold me dear hither i say why what have you to fear you see i'm gentle come you trifler come my god she trembles idiot leave the room madam your children hate me i suppose they know their cue you make them all my foes i've not a friend in all the world not one i'd be a bankrupt sooner nay tis done in every better hope of life i fail you're all tormentors and my house a jail out of my sight i'll sit and make my will what glad to go stay devils and be still tis to your uncle's cot you wish to run to learn to live at ease and be undone him you can love who lost his whole estate and i who gain you fortunes have your hate tis in my absence you yourselves enjoy tom are you glad to lose me tell me boy yes does he answer yes upon my soul no awe no fear no duty no control away away ten thousand devils seize all i possess and plunder where they please what's wealth to me yes yes it gives me sway and you shall feel it go be gone i say footnote four if i have in this letter praised the good humour of a man confessedly too inattentive to business and if in another amusements i have written somewhat sarcastically of the brick-floored parlour which the butcher lets be credit given to me that in the one case i had no intention to apologize for idleness nor any design in the other to treat with contempt the resources of the poor the good humour is considered as the consolation of disappointment and the room is so mentioned because the lodger is vain most of my readers will perceive this but i shall be sorry if by any i am supposed to make pleas for the vices of men or treat their wants or infirmities with derision or with disdain End footnote. End of letter eight.